0: Hey guys, Andy Jenkins here and welcome back to, uh, I would say the podcast and and I'm releasing this on the podcast feed, but this week I've really got this unique project that I'm releasing. Let me tell you a little bit about it and then I want to roll into some of the content. This is actually going to be one of six special bonus episodes that I'm dropping all at one time. Here's, Here's why. Over the past, it's really been about a three or four year journey. I've dove deep into this world of emotional wholeness, of soul health, of realizing that the soul and the spirit are really two different aspects of us. I'm not going to get into that a whole lot right now in the intro because I'm going to release to you the audio of the video from video number one of a 14-part course that I shot back in the spring, uh, right when I finished writing the book Soul Wholeness. Now soul wholeness is really about uh, finding freedom from the past. And so identifying those areas that trip you up. I remember talking to my dad a couple years ago and we were just in the middle of a conversation. I'd been through a tough season and he was incredible during that time. And we were just talking about baggage and junk and he'd been a pastor for, he still is over 50 years. And he said, you know, nobody makes it to midlife, and then we even backed it up, and and even said probably even adulthood without some kind of baggage, some kind of junk in the trunk and and bags if you go to the airport you know some baggage is negative that's usually the connotation we have with baggage other baggage it's it's not negative it's just stuff that we carry that might be limiting beliefs that might be mindsets and so again sometimes it's negative things from the past that need to let go sometimes it's just things that we need to move on from that might be neutral. Uh, Other times, it's even good things can hinder you from walking into the great. And so the issue here is just dealing with all of it, Uh, particularly the things that hurt us and hinder us. but, But really, while we're looking there, just dealing with everything. And so I want to roll you into this video information here. It's just going to be the audio, but you're going to hear me kind of referring to video and and it'll be easy to follow. There's just a a couple main points right there. It'll be easy for you to to follow along with. I've put some of the information in the show notes right there just to kind of give you a three-point outline. And then at the end of this video, I'm going to be back and I'm going to share with you more information about the new freedom march soul wholeness intensive it is a five week group coaching intensive where you've got some work that you do every single day on your own as well as some group support uh, from a group coaching endeavor anyway uh, let me roll into the content right here and discuss the difference is it the soul or the spirit that's something that if you've been to the podcast you're uh, not a stranger to that information but maybe here it's just said in a slightly different way and then I'll be back at the end of this brief segment. So the first topic we really gotta tackle when we talk about this idea of soul wholeness is to delineate what is the soul and what is the spirit now before we go too deep, let me remind you that you can get this entire book if you just go to the online resources there at soulwholeness.com. You can read the book, you can listen to the audiobook, and it will complement everything that we're going to overview in this entire video series. So the question again, is it the soul or the spirit? And here's an easy way to really watch and to follow along is in each of these videos, I'm going to give you three different main ideas. So three main ideas per video that will help you uh, really listen and follow along. Here's the first main idea for the question of whether it's the soul or the spirit. There are two unseen parts of us, the spirit and the soul. And you need to remember that those two parts, the spirit and the soul are different. Now you think about how we're made up, Uh, each of us have at least three parts parts to us. We have a body. That's that's really the outer person. That's the shell. That's what we're familiar with. That's what we uh, see. It's visible when we run into each other and greet each other. It's how we're known for the most part. Initially, we also have a spirit, which is the inner person. And inside, we also have a soul that is uniquely different than the spirit. Um, there's a Bible verse that speaks a little bit to this. In 2 Corinthians 4, 8, Paul actually says that we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Now, he's talking about spiritual realities there, but, but we could apply that. We need to, to truly understand how anything's uh, going in life, to understand a situation, a circumstance, to even understand people. We've got to move beyond that outer shell, beyond what we can physically see, and move farther, deeper inside. Paul says the reason is because uh, what is seen is temporary. This body is temporary. Circumstances, situations are temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And so when we move into the area of total wholeness, total health, we really have this idea, this is just straight from the book, page nine, that health not only involves spiritual wholeness, we understand that, but it also involves soul wholeness because the body is different than the spirit. Okay. So the, the seen part is different than that first unseen part, but that first unseen part, the spirit is also different than the soul. Okay. The body is different than the spirit and the spirit is different than the soul. Just like I have on the screen right there. Now here's, here's the deal. It is super easy to distinguish between the body and the spirit. Um, That's obvious. But we often confuse the unseen parts of us. We often get that soul and that spirit. Uh, We often, the word would be, we conflate it and make them as if they're simply one thing. Notice this. In in Hebrews 4.12, you might know this verse of Scripture. It it says this. The Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to, catch this, dividing soul and spirit. Dividing soul and spirit so you can see which is soul and which is spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Now, right right here, it's real important to notice that this double-edged sword that divides soul and spirit, it's not like you might initially think on first read this William Wallace, huge bludgeoning type of, of sword that you would be familiar with from seeing movies. This, this word in the Greek language is more like a precise surgical scalpel. In other words, uh, if it was a big bludgeoning type of mallet or hammerish sword, th- that would be easy to distinguish what soul and what spirit. But sometimes there's precision involved. And sometimes it's a little bit more nuanced. Sometimes you really have to break it down and really think about, is this the spirit or is this the soul? Now, uniquely, that spirit part of you is the part of you that is one with God. We read that in the Bible too. First Corinthians 6:17 says, uh, "Whoever is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. just, just one. It, it's it not the word that would just be, uh, oh, like we're one like we get along. Like it, it means total connection. It is this relational unity. Uh, but the soul does not have that connection. What is the soul? Well, the, the soul is your mind, including your thoughts. The soul is your will, including your desires, your inner drive. The soul is your emotions, including your feelings. And, and you think about th- those are the parts that really trip us up the most in life, isn't it? what we think, how we feel, how we react because of what we feel based on what we think we saw or experienced. Like That is the area that so often we just blow it. That's the area where there seems to be so much life challenge. Um, this is why, even though your spirit is connected and is completely unified with God, like it's not going to ever be in a position where your spirit is more connected to your Heavenly Father. This is why Paul says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, this first, this pay attention. I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies, so, so there's the outer part, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship, so we're tying into the spirit man right there. And then notice this, do not be conformed to the world. So most people wouldn't look out at the world and go, you know, what? all the stuff that is going on in the world is absolutely great and perfect. Pa- Paul acknowledges that and he says, hey, most of us don't want to just fit in with how things are going. Don't be conformed but be transformed. And, and notice how he says to be transformed by the renewing of not, not your body doing a certain thing, not your spirit. that's already has that unique connection. Be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, and then he goes on and says that by testing, in other words, by living proof, uh, by uh, an experience that you walk out, you may be able to, to discern the will of God, what is good and acceptable, Imperfect. So you see, the main idea there is you have an outer person, a body, but you also have an inner person, and that inner person can actually be subdivided between a spirit and a soul. Those are two different things, and as such, we must approach spiritual wholeness in one way and soul wholeness in another way. Here's point number two. God intends to redeem all of you. That is, He intends to gift you with soul wholeness. Um, there's a verse at the end of the New Testament. Third John 2 says this, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health. So we're talking about physical health right there. Uh, all may go well. We're talking about kind of the conditions and circumstances in which we live. But notice the driver that seems to be behind that. He says that all may go well, that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Like Right there, he's locked on to this idea that the soul seems to be uh, the way that we encounter the world, yeah, that's our mind, right? Our thoughts, our, our emotions. We don't encounter the world with our spirit only, with our body only. One of the biggest leads in how we interact with people, it actually is the soul. And so one of the parameters that John is putting right here is it's going to go well, or it's going to go a certain way based on how we live out that soul. That unseen part, the mindset, it seems to really drive everything. But but notice, Paul says this, and this is a prayer, by the way, that he's praying for people in his church. He says, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, totally, and may your whole spirit and your soul, and your body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's 1 Thessalonians 5.23. So even there, he's separating all of these areas, as we just understood a few moments ago. And he's highlighting that God wants to gift us with a redemption of all three. Notice this too. Paul reverses the typical order that we, and even people back in his day, would have mentioned those areas. Normally, we talk about the body first. In fact, you might have seen health commercials or health brochures or uh, things on social media where people talk about total health and then they go on to describe it body, soul, and spirit. Uh, Or sometimes just body and soul. We tend to lead off with that. But again, remember, the unseen things are more important and here, Paul is reversing that order, and somehow he's highlighting that really we're going to reap the benefits of the area that we lean into the most. Now, bodily health is, is important. We teach about that in other video courses. We talk about that. I write about that. I'm, I'm trying to live that myself. But, but notice, Paul says this in 1 Timothy 4.8. He says, bodily training is of some value. It, it, it actually is. But he reminds us godliness, which isn't just something you live out with your spirit. It's decisions you make with the soul, with the mind, with your feelings, with your thoughts, with your emotions, with your desires, with your drive. All those are parts or expressions of the soul. He said godliness is a value in every way as it holds promise for the present life. So there is a payoff for soul wholeness now, and also it's beneficial for the life to come. I grew up in the church, some some of you watching know my story. Uh, and, and you know that really, even though I grew up in a church and was in church probably the Sunday after I was born, my, my dad was the pastor, so it wasn't even a decision. Like, if the church doors are open, we're going. If we're on vacation, we're going. We took church clothes when we went to the beach. We took church clothes when we went traveling around the country. Like, we're going to church. If the doors are open, we're in church. But there was never this real-life heart connection, this spiritual awakening for me until I was in my early 20s. So I knew all of the information. I had all of the data in my head, but the spirit inside of me didn't really come alive until that point. So I remember Walking down the aisle, that's how you uh, profess your faith in the church where I grew up. There, there were no, you know, raise your hand quietly while nobody looks around and everybody's eyes are closed. There was, there was no uh, invitation of fill it out on a card and then send it in and nobody will say anything to you. I mean, like if you're going to go public with your faith, you actually had to go public. You, you walked the aisle old school. And so I remember walking down the aisle, and at our church, they would always send you out with a counselor who would talk to you in about three to five minutes about your decision. They would take down some information, your name, address, so they could send you some more things about your decision and and make sure they follow up with you, which I think is still something churches should probably do today. And so I go back with this, this man. Uh, who was in his 60s at the time. I knew him, I was very familiar with him, and he told me that he had been praying for me for quite some time. He just knew that somehow, uh, even though I was physically healthy, and even though I carried myself okay in terms of my mindset and my emotions and feelings, soul, the spirit just hadn't awakened yet and was not aware of that unique connection that I had with my heavenly father. So we're back there talking and he brings up this interesting phrase. Jack says something like this. And Jack, by the way, was like shaped, kind of like Santa Claus, um, but with no beard. And Jack says, I really just think you've been in process for a lot of your life. And he goes, man, I mean, we're all in process. And then he says, I really think that we were saved. We are being saved and we will be saved. That's the language he used. Some of you that have grown up in church are familiar with that language, saved. But he, but he made it uniquely past tense. We were saved. And he was saying this about me like even though i'm just now having this awakening you were saved in the past you are being saved in the present and you will be saved in the future so as we start talking and dialoguing back there in a few minutes i, I said flesh that out a little bit well he, he leans back and he kind of pats his belly he had again a santa claus belly and he says you know i don't have too many more years on me at some point <laughs> they're going to put me in the ground And one of the things that's going to happen when they do is they'll bury me. But in the future, the scripture talks about the fact that the dead in Christ will rise. And and he actually quoted this verse from 1 Corinthians 15. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. Bodies die. What is raised is imperishable, it's sown in dishonor, it's raised in glory, it's sown in weakness, it's raised in power. And he's talking about his physical self. There he goes, you know, I'm looking forward to the fact that this body will be redeemed, it will be saved in the future because it's winding down, and I could really use a newer model. So we laughed and talked about it. He said, I think that's really kind of what the Bible talks about when it's referring to salvation, future. You know, 1 Thessalonians 4.16, it says the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry, a command, with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, not in their uh, corrupt, perishable bodies, in, in new bodies is what what we believe. So that's really a salvation aspect of the future. Well, you, you can talk about salvation of the past as well. Like, like Jack said, you know, you were saved uh, that verse that we highlighted a moment ago from 1 Corinthians 6, 17, he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. And you read all throughout the New Testament where it says that you were chose, chosen before the foundation of the world, that you were predestined for adoptions as sons and daughters of your heavenly Father. That That is something that is declared and decreed. In the past so you have this past aspect of salvation you have this future aspect of the body of salvation so it's encompassing everything but right now in real life in real time and space things don't always work out perfectly and that's because we are in process we as Jack would say we are being saved you get it we were we will be right now we are there's a Bible verse that he actually referenced in that meeting there, that little counseling session at the end of church after I'd walked the aisle. Philippians 2, Paul writes, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only is in my presence, but also in my absence. So he's, he's writing this to people that he loved. He says, here's what I'm telling you to do. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. He, he doesn't say, to work for it, he says, work it out. And we are talking there, and Jack says, I think what Paul's saying right there is not to work for it. He's just saying, hey, work it out. Go, 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 go figure it out, understanding, as Paul ends that verse, for it is God who works in you both to will, both to desire, to want, which is something the soul does, both to want and to work for his good pleasure. Some translations say to actually want and do his will. See, this is what maybe Paul was referring to earlier, where he says, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Like It is an ongoing, constant thing that we live in the presence. Why? Because, as point number one we said, you you have three parts to you. You have a body, you have a spirit, and you have that soul. And and the body is the part of you that you can see. It is bad news. It's wearing down. You can delay it a little bit and make it healthier, and you should take great, care of the body that you have right now and steward it really well, but, but you're getting a new one at some point in the future. Your spirit is uniquely connected with your heavenly father, with the Holy Spirit right now. There's nothing that can be added to that. It's, it's uniquely one, but right now the soul is in process. It is something, your mind, your emotions, your feelings, that, that is the thing that we're working out. And that is the area that trips us up the most, right? Point number three is this, you reap the benefits of the part of you which you lean into most fully. So that, that means, as Paul would say, if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit in Galatians 5.25. This is actually a military marching term, and he's calling us to lean into that most important part, the Spirit, inside of us, and keep in step in unique rhythm with the Holy Spirit. But, but notice... Notice in another verse, he says, the one who sows to his own flesh will reap from the flesh corruption. The one who sows to the spirit will reap eternal life. He seems to indicate that we reap from the area in which we sow. And what I want to remind you is that the spirit is the more important part. In fact, some writers have said it like this. You are actual, actually a spiritual being having a physical human body experience. The spirit is the most important, yet all three of these are important. You see, you reap the benefits from the part of you into which you lean most fully, yet each part really significantly matters. So what does that mean, practically speaking? It means this, take care of the body that you have, steward it. Take care of it well. It's the only one you've got. You can't replace it. The Spirit, lean into that unique connection that you have with your Heavenly Father. And also realize that the amazing work that you're designed and called, created to do, it is going to involve your mindset, your mind. It is going to involve your feelings and your emotions. It is going to involve your desires and so constantly work and transform as jack would say hey you are you are being saved you are in process and the amazing work that you're going to do out there in the world around you it all begins inside here and that's why we want to identify the separate parts of us and really start working on soul wholeness So that is session number one from the video course. Now let me tell you a little bit about what's going on with the Freedom March. Here it is, it's really this five-week intensive designed to empower you to move from the hurts, habits, and hangups of your past without spending a thousand on therapy, which which honestly would be worth it. Without self-medicating, that's never worth it. Without living in shame, definitely don't wanna do that or resigning to the notion that this is how things are always going to be or that it's just your lot in life to not explore and find freedom. Uh, now, that last one's important. I've received some feedback uh, from a form I had set up on my website when I was just doing a survey to get some information about setting up this course. And that seems to be one that a lot of people lock on is like, I guess this is just how things are going to be. And what I'm saying is, no, you can totally walk in freedom. Let me tell you about the Freedom March group intensive that we have. Uh, First of all, there are going to be three tools that will help you on this journey. Uh, Tool number one is a daily video lesson. I've set this up to release in the new app that I've created. Uh, or you can watch it on a smart TV, you can watch it on your computer, um, but it is mobile, so you can take it with you on the go, easy peasy, work on a tablet or anything. uh, Every day, six days a week, a five to 10 minute video that's going to walk you through the Soul Wholeness program for, for five weeks. Again, you can watch it on the website, in the app, on a smart TV. Every video has been arranged to walk you through the core of the five-week program and it will take you deeper in your journey towards soul freedom. You can watch, rewatch as many times as you'd like. You'd have access forever, even after the five-week program is complete. That's tool number one. Tool number two is the daily journaling prompts. So I created a workbook. As I was putting the course together, I really felt like it needed something that just made it a bit more robust and practical. So I created this workbook as a companion resource. Every day in the workbook, you'll find a written description of the daily lesson from the video, as well as specific actions you can do that day to put into practice exactly what you're learning. So the journal, it features two reflection questions per day. Uh, It helps you highlight the truths that you've learned uniquely to you, applying uh, principles that are universal to your personal situation. And I really believe that in weeks and in years to come, but I think it'll be quicker than years, you're going to be able to look back on this tool as a reference for how far you've come in your Freedom March. That's tool number two. Tool number three is the weekly group coaching calls. So once a week, you're gonna have the opportunity to hop on a live video call via Zoom. Uh, We'll set it up as a web meeting so that you can see me but nobody else can see you. We'll walk through the most important points from that week's daily lesson. So I've set this up into five different modules. Uh, During that call, you can have the opportunity to have your specific questions answered or you can submit them beforehand. Again, you can be public or be anonymous. You can present them to the entire group. You can receive responses even from others. Uh, And again, you can maintain anonymity there if you want to. You'll also have the chance after those sessions to to submit feedback about the live teaching and maybe get some clarity or have suggestions on, hey, explain this a little bit more deeply, kind of one-on-one or in the next group call, all the calls are going to be placed in the online library, in the app, uh, and on the website, so you can catch that, review it as many times as you'd want, uh, over and over. Uh, here's here's the outline. Sometimes people say, well, "What what's the outline?" And by the way, I put a link below where you can go to the webpage and learn all about this. Um, this course is open now, where you can you can purchase, and I'll give you some dates if. If you're listening to this not in real time on the release week, um, that webpage will still be active, but it'll just tell you when the next release date is is coming. So here's how it's going to go. Week one, we're going to talk about foundations of soul wholeness. Week number two, we're going to talk about the difference between the soul and the spirit and make sure that is really applied. Week number three, we're going to talk about PTSD. That's trauma, triggers, the past, making sure we live whole in the present and don't interpret the present or the future in light of the past. Week number four will deal with uh, really being wholehearted and not getting tripped up in guilt and shame uh, or moral injury is what so so often it's called. That's kind of the technical term. Uh, also, we'll discuss soul ties. Those are heart attachments, which can be healthy or they can be unhealthy. A lot of times the unhealthy form takes the, the uh, categorization of an addiction and that, again, that could be an attachment to a good thing in the wrong way, like work. Workaholism could, could is unhealthy. Sometimes hustle is unhealthy, yet we're created to work. We're created to live our purpose. And you can kind of extrapolate that to other things that we get wrongly tied to. And then in week five, we're going to drill down on it and really talk about how to move forward and live with the soul that's made whole. Again, all of this information is on the webpage. Uh, here's where I'm really seeing this flesh out, is I believe that so often we look at soul health as if it should be an instantaneous fix. And the reality is most, most health issues, even physically, are a walking out over time experience and i really believe that that's true with soul health too there has to be a moment where you make a decision and you start moving forward yet it's it's a process and we're all on a unique journey and so that's really maybe a framework for you to understand where where i would be coming uh, on this i'll tell you i've been through the grinder okay so i've got practical experience in this area book experience I mean, you know, you look back at a past uh, for me anger, lying, dishonesty, a roller coaster marriage marked by as many highs as lows, as highs as lows, fractured friendships, trust issues, you know, difficulty letting people close, um, pride and posturing to make reality seem better on the outside than it is really on the inside, foreclosures, bankruptcy, depression. And I really believe that if I can find freedom, you can too, and you will. So I encourage you to go to the webpage. All of the information is there. I'm going to release a new podcast episode every day here all week and have the bonus content right here. All of these will be put in the module as well, where you can listen, re-listen. And if I can serve you in this area and help you find freedom, I would really be honored to do that. And, and if not, if the podcast episodes and the information that you have here is enough, oh my goodness, God bless you and uh, all the grace and empowerment you need on that freedom march. You can certainly do it alone. I think it's better uh, with a coach and with someone pointing out and highlighting uh, certain issues to you and, and just giving you some wind in yourselves. Um, but certainly take advantage of all of the free content it's there let me tell you when we're gonna launch it okay so this thing is gonna start quick Um, the first time that I'm releasing this uh, I put the dates there on the notes at the bottom that this one is starting here uh, at the very end of November right there before Thanksgiving right there on Monday I believe that's let me look up the date right here uh, and stutter stepping it here around the computer and all the notes on the week of the 22nd you say why now like thanksgiving's coming up that's exactly why we're doing it the holidays i think are a tough season for a lot of people and so uh, let's go ahead and give you some tools some resources that'll take you uh, i think commit 30 minutes a day five to ten minute video do some of the heavy lifting i think it's going to put you in a great place Um, All right, that's it. My name is Andy Jenkins. I'm signing out. Comments, questions, any other thing, I'll put my contact information in the show notes and we'll uh, talk soon. Let me sign off as I always do. My prayer is that the Lord would bless you. He would keep you. He'd be gracious to you. Shine his face of radical favor upon you that you would see that now, now is the time for freedom. Grace and peace. I'll see you again soon.